With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Guys, welcome to the May 25th edition of the Rotor World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher. Doing a little solo action. Actually, not too solo. I'm dog sitting for uh, my parents and their neighbors. Uh, they live about 45 minutes from me. Uh, got a little Labradoodle and an Australian Shepherd. They're just chilling by my desk here, <laughs> hanging out. Uh, so, anyways, um, we're gonna, we're not gonna we're not really gonna do a fantasy pod today. But I just got to talk about what's going on with OKC and the Warriors, and it's it's just crazy, man. I mean, 73 and nine, and your team just got smashed on. Like we've never really seen them. Had had happened to them in really two years, right? Especially back to back games. First time they've lost back to back games all season. What game ninety five and ninety six? It's just unbelievable. And the way they lost too is, I mean, during the regular season, the Portland game comes to mind. But and then actually they got blown out against the Bucks and a couple other games too. But man, when they are off, they are off. So we'll talk about what's been happening in the past couple. Kind of identify some trends and. All that good stuff uh, to kind of get you ready for the next game. Who who's going to matter? All that kind of stuff, and who's really been? It's pretty much on the OKC side. Uh, Andre Robertson's been unbelievable, but we're probably going to focus more on Golden State. They have their backs against the wall now. They do have two games at home. Game six is in OKC. That'll be tough. We all know the Warriors are almost unbeatable at home up until recently, right? With Oklahoma City getting game one. And pretty much not, they weren't too out of it uh, since that that big adjustment for OKC going small uh, has been has been phenomenal. So yeah, let's just get right into it. Uh, yeah, if, if you didn't see the score, it was one eighteen ninety four. Uh, it was pretty much a series of runs. Uh, OKC had a nice little start, and then Clay Thompson scored what nineteen straight in the third, kept rolling, and really got him back into the game. I think they cut it to what two two three points, um, but then. You know, that small lineup for OKC went in again and just put the kibosh on the comeback, man. It's just crazy what's going on with them. Uh, but let's talk about, we got to talk about Stephen Curry. Apparently, he's not 100%. He can't get loose, man. They are on top of him all the time. They're doubling him. They're he- hedging high on picks. They're switching. They're doing a great job on switching on Curry. The bigs aren't falling for fakes and getting shook and, and all that. But, I mean, he's just been locked down. And really, if you look at the stats, the big number that jumps out to me is you think Stephen Curry is a lights-out, catch-and-shoot guy, right? It's really what he's known for, coming off screens and just drilling it in guys' eyes who can't catch up to the screen, like kind of like Reggie Miller did and Ray Allen was pretty good at it too. But Curry was really been better than uh, both of them. So he's in the last two games, he's taken 11 shots without a dribble. He made one of those, <laughs> so it's now it's a three. So he has a thirteen point six effective field goal percentage, and that's that's nothing. Like Curry is usually like upper sixties on those. He just is money. What best shooter of all time, right? And justified. Uh, but yeah, he he's been 
really bad. And the other dribble number two is he's one of seven on three to six dribbles. The strength of his off dribble has been seven plus. So he's been most effective when he has to get free on his own. Uh, most likely bringing the ball up and kind of just before the defense is settled in, uh, he finds a shot. He's 8 of 13 with 3-3, three three, so that's a 73.1 effective field goal percentage. So that, that's your typical Steph. And that's it. I mean, he had a couple nice one-dribble shots, but he has not been able to get free off the dribble. And that's all OKC, man. And yes, maybe Curry, Curry's hurt, but he just can't get free. Uh, he's had... Uh, and he's only had one no dribble two, so he's all getting catch and shoot threes, and it's just been a complete stunner for how they're how they're handling it. And on pull ups too, he's been good uh, overall. Pull up shots, he's sixty effective field goal percentage on twenty attempts, so that's good. So again, what's been killing Curry, and this is again OKC man. Uh, the catch and shoots. They have to figure out how to get Curry free on catch and shoot. Have to. That is objective number one. Whether he's hurt or whatever it is, if he's hurt, then don't even don't play him. Um, don't run those plays. If you can't get free on catch and shoot, run something else for him. Let him bring it up because he's been doing well with that. Uh, so just to kind of give you an idea for what his regular season numbers were, as I pull these up real fast, uh, he, you know, he was just killer. Uh, so catch and shoot, catch and shoot, sixty-eight point nine effective field goal percentage. That like that is the stuff. That, that's what he does is catch and shoot threes. He was forty-eight percent on catch and shoot threes in the regular season, and OKC has just shut him down. So that they've got some serious, serious work to do to get Steph free. Uh, so let's look at Clay Thompson's numbers again. He's been a little bit better. Uh, hasn't been shooting the ball. He wasn't really doing his kind of typical clay where he is running off screens, kind of moving laterally along either the the arc, uh, you know, above the break or kind of in the corner. He tends to float around on that on that wing. And his catch and shoot numbers are a little bit better. He's 7 of 19, uh, 47.4 effective field goal percentage. So he's, he's doing okay. You know, you want to be about... 50%, but and he's pretty much solid everywhere. You really can't pin these last two games on Clay. So um, he's been fine. Uh, maybe get him more shots. Uh, he, he hasn't been, you know, as great as we've seen him. Uh, he's really been stepping up and kind of driving to the basket and getting layups. That's really that's probably where he was strongest last night. Uh, and we've seen him do that before, and that's kind of. You know, the book on Clay before his breakout season last year was like, oh, yeah, he can't dribble. But, hey, man, if, uh, his his threat on shooting makes him a decent ball hander because his defender has to respect that three ball so much. So I think Clay's fine. Uh, I'm not worried about him at all. And, again, he should be getting more shots with Curry and this kind of a funk. So if Curry is slow, maybe Clay gets a little bit more. And that's kind of where I think they went in the third quarter. When he got really hot, I and mean, you can't score 19 points unless your team is just like saying, "Hey, it's all you, man. Do your thing." So let's take a look at Draymond Green. Uh, I mean, if you if you want to say Curry isn't the most disappointing player, and you want to say Draymond is, I will not argue with you. Uh, last two games, two is 16 from the field, no three. So you're talking about 12.5 effective field goal percentage is a joke. Um, yeah, uh, 
that that can't happen on, on that kind of volume. Uh, he has ten shots without a dribble, made two. He hasn't made a single shot off the dribble in the last two. He's been open too. Uh, he's taken about uh, on his on his jumpers. He's only taken four from outside of ten feet. So he's mostly doing work inside of ten feet. Uh, Twelve of his so seventy five percent of his shots are within ten. Uh, hasn't been shooting well. Uh, it's 0-7 when it defended right on him. It's just crazy. Uh, he he's just has no touch time too. That's the other cool stat on his shooting. He's only two at twelve on shots with the ball, um, two seconds or less in his hands there. So yeah, Draymond's got some work to do. He needs to he needs to be more of a passer, um, kind of like I guess Lamar Odom would be uh, with you know kicking out of the post and getting Curry free somehow. Uh, maybe more ball. I mean, he's turned the ball over too many times as well. So uh, it's just the Warriors are in such a bad spot. And I mean, Harrison Barnes hasn't really been doing much. Uh, he had a decent game as far as efficiency goes. He had 11 points on six attempts from the field, two made free throws. So that's pretty solid. Um, and Iguodala has been, you know, pretty much. As advertised, I thought he'd be a little bit better uh, in this kind of series against a high-end wing like Durant. We all saw him have Finals MVP last year. He just hasn't been able to, on the offensive side, live up to it. Durant actually hasn't been that great, so credit to Iggy there. He's pressured him pretty nicely on the isolation stuff. So I'll get to that in a second. Um, Who else we got here? Uh, Bogut's gassed. Uh, This is just too much pace. And it, it, it's unbelievable. So, um, I don't know. I really don't know how Bogut is even playing. He just is getting run out of the gym uh, in his short playing time on the defensive side. They've actually been okay. They've had the nice start, so uh, he actually led the team in in plus minus. But uh, actually, he was what the only yeah he was the only guy in the positives yesterday uh, in his eleven minutes. That's because the people who were out there for uh, the the big runs got got smoked. So he, he kind of avoided that, but this isn't a good series for him. I think they have to shake up the lineup, right? There's just too much pace. Um, looking at the and if you follow me on Twitter or you read my column today, uh, you probably know how the death lineup has been doing. Last two games, this is the, if you're not familiar, I'm sure you are, uh, Curry, Clay, Harrison Barnes, Iguodala, Draymond lineup. Again, this lineup was plus 47 net rating, which has led the NBA among 80-minute lineups. It was awesome, and they usually run people out of the gym. Have I think they they usually I think they were like one forty seven offensive rating, which is crazy. So every time you're shooting the ball, you're getting a point and a half. <laughs> and yeah, their offensive rating in the nineteen is fifty six point four. So they can't even come. They're one third almost of what they've been doing during the regular season in the last two games. Their defense has been a joke, uh, getting run up and down. Uh, so that's a minus 92 net rating, man. That's That makes the 76ers look like the, the 96 Bulls. Um, it, it's just crazy. And they are getting pressured, and Billy Donovan has cracked the code, man. And game two, we saw it a little bit uh, for the first time, and it didn't do well, that, that OKC small ball lineup. But now they are, the. I mean, all it's small, quote-unquote, but they got length. Uh, Ibaka is a rangy five. He's you know very, pretty good vertical, kind of a quick leaper. Uh, I compare guys like that to Sean Marion, where they get off the floor really fast, uh, closing out great on three pointers, great with switching, 
And then Kevin Durant, man, we talked about his offense not being there, but his defense has been spectacular. Another guy, he is power forward size. Uh, he'll tell the ladies he's a, he's a seven footer, <laughs> but and he's got the wingspan and everything. But uh, Durant has been like again, people see the box scores, and when we get in fantasy stuff, we'll kind of say, "Oh yeah, Durant has been good. We'd rather play LeBron." But I mean, Durant has been better than LeBron uh, in the past week because of his defense. Uh, so I mean, he he's just been great. I'll talk about the offense in a second. Uh, Robertson, it was the hero. Uh, we talk about Westbrook all we want, but without Robertson doing what he did, OKC would have either made it very close with the Warriors or they would have lost the game. I mean, it, it disrupted their entire offense. Uh, we forget, waiting waiters. Um, not great on defense, but pretty solid. Uh, solid around the perimeter. That's what they've needed. So they, they've forced a lot of turnovers. And like Kerr was saying, uh, all those high hands really made it tough to get entry passes, and it just forced too many turnovers. I think the death lineup had six turnovers in 12 minutes last night, man. It's just the death lineup uh, has deceased. Uh, and if you follow, we'll switch change gears to OKC. Also, if you follow me on Twitter, I'm trying to find uh, a new name for this. Fan, the, 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 the key lineup for OKC, again, has been Westbrook, Waiters, Robertson, Durant, and Ibaka. And I want a name for it. Uh, I thought it'd be, I had flat lineup, like flat lining, like death lineup. I thought that was kind of cool. And then uh, Dan Strafford, uh, he does some stuff for Fantasy Insiders. He had said the resuscitation lineup, <laughs> bringing people back from the dead. Uh, I thought it was a good one. And the resurrection lineup I thought was good. So well, we'll see what we could come up with. Uh, but it, it's been, that lineup has been unbelievably good. Uh, the, the pace has been the story, really. Uh, they've run a 111 pace in 26 minutes, um, plus 89 net rating. It's just that lineup. It's just it's amazing when that death lineup comes in. Billy Donovan right on Steve Kerr's heels to get that lineup in there to negate that death. It will not negate. It's been better than negating, uh, and it was negating earlier in the series, but with the bigger guys. Actually, they went uh, they went with Serge and. Uh, Cantor and then Serge and Adams in game one and it was okay it was pretty even uh, they had a good fourth quarter but man it, and Ryan and I talked about this yesterday on the pod it's amazing how many great substitutions we've seen in these playoffs right like pretty much every round we've seen a coach come through with a, a great swap um, and I saw some people tweeting uh, I forget um Alex Kennedy for Basketball Insiders. Uh, I follow him, and uh, he had a couple people tweeting at him saying, like, oh, coaching is so easy in the NBA. You don't have to do anything. Like, dude, you don't understand how complicated lineups are and how important it is to get the right guys in to stop certain stuff. And again, this is like the poster year of lineups, man. Um, it's what? Uh, the the Frank Vogel thing was probably what started it off with Miles Turner. That was a big one. Um, uh, Brad Stevens putting in Jarebko was big. A, a lot of stuff is just like uh, the Mavs going with more Justin Anderson. Like every team has Alan Crabb for the Blazers. Every time there's a, as a a key swap, except for I guess really the Warriors. 
Um, they kind of had their plan, and it's their turn now. It, it's definitely their turn. So we'll see what they do. They have to do something. Uh, I think they have to. They have to stick with more of. I know the death line has been smoked, but I would probably get Harrison Barnes out of there, man. Um, Iguodala, you need him on Durant. Uh, I just don't see anything Barnes is doing. He's getting a lot of easy shots. He's been. There was one play, uh, I want to say in the third quarter, when um, he just missed a switch bad, and it left. Actually, it was a couple times, but he he he's missed so many switching assignments. And it just it, it's got to be mad uh, maddening, really. So, yeah, he he's got to lose minutes, and I'm surprised that Kerr hasn't cut him yet. Uh, not you know not cut him off the team, cut his minutes, but. I mean, 33, 31, 32, 34, he's, he's nothing special. He doesn't really contribute any blocks. He hasn't had any blocks in, what, I think he has like two blocks since like March 1st or something. Let me see. Yeah, one block in the entire postseason, and then his last one before that was on the 18th of March. <laughs> so since since March 19th, he has one freaking block. Uh, 6'8", small forward, in an up-tempo game, man. Dude, that's not acceptable. Um, doesn't get in passing lanes. His steals are bad. Uh, he's not shooting the ball well from three. Not shooting the ball well from two. Uh, gets. He's basically, I mean, Robertson. He's basically Robertson, but worse. <laughs> For a guy who's looking to get max money in the offseason, max out Robertson, man. Jeez, so. Yeah, cut his minutes, dude. Like, play Ian Clark. Play any, anybody. Um, play Brandon Rush. Just these guys won't miss assignments as much as Barnes has been missing. So uh, I, again, I've been saying it for a long time, and it hasn't really worked out because that death lineup's been destroyed. But I think Ingadala still has to play more, and he probably would have hit forty had had they not been so thrown off. It, it's just it's stunning uh, if you follow this death lineup all season uh, how it's been stopped. Like this, and even I think who really set the stage is Terry Stotts when he put Alan Crabb out there. Um, but the last game, last couple games, we saw the death lineup slow down. The only, the exception really was overtime when Curry had those seventeen points and they scored twenty one as a team. Uh, besides that, they were pretty good. It's just Curry went Curry went supernova, which he'll do, but he is not. He has a after the supernova, it's gone, right? He's exploded, and he is no more. <laughs> so let's talk. Let's talk OKC, and we we got to start Westbrook uh, triple double. Uh, guy is just out of control in a good way. He has harnessed his powers. Um, he's what, what like uh, Luke Skywalker or something. He's finally got a grip of the Force, and he he can do all that fancy lightsaber stuff. And he's just been. Mauling him, man. Uh, the, the turnovers are high, but if you're going to play 41 minutes with a, what do you have, like a 35 usage rate, you're cool with that. Uh, yeah, 34.5 usage rate um, in his last two games. Dude, Westbrook, man. He, what else is there to say? Uh, he's been, I think, the best player in the postseason uh, coming off I mean, what, what he did to San Antonio. First round, he wasn't too special. But he has been, hands down, best player on OKC, respect to Kevin Durant. And I thought Durant was better during the regular season. But, dude, Westbrook, man, uh, DFS must play 
uh, every night, man. He he is the key, and he's going to be fun to watch in, in uh, what looks like the finals, man. Okay, so we have to talk about Robertson. Uh, he he just he was unbelievable. Uh, game of his life, both on both ends. Really great on defense, great on the perimeter. Got roasted a couple times, but you'll certainly take what he did. Uh, stat line crazy: seventeen points, twelve rebounds, three assists, five steals, two blocks, one three, no turnovers. Man, forty minutes, seven and twelve from the field. Was only two of eight from the line to hurt his overall efficiency, but. Man, uh, he he's he's the key, like we said. So talked about Kevin Durant's offense not being quite up to snuff. You see the shooting. Uh, he had that eight of twenty-four. Uh, he had a kind of a subpar game one in that win, but he's been pretty good besides that. And really, the big thing for him is he's going to the line, and that's boosted his efficiency quite a bit. Twelve of twelve on Sunday, and then nine of ten on Tuesday. So stats-wise, you're looking at a guy in the last two games, uh, effective field goal percentage is only 48.7. He should be usually mid-50s. But the free throws gets him to 60.6, and that's that's what you want. You want your stars to be flirting with 60. Um, you want them to be mid-50s. Um, but over 60, you're gravy. Um, 65 is elite territory. And that's where he was pretty much during the season. Him and Curry were by far the two most efficient, high-volume players uh, out there, man. Uh, and, yeah, we haven't seen him go full KD in this series, which is a scary thought. And it makes you think that maybe they win game five. All right, so big man real quick here. Uh, taking a little, little longer than I thought. Nothing new there. Um, I think it's been Serge Ibaka, uh, a guy who was, and again, credit to Billy Donovan, pretty much almost took Serge out of the picture when he when it counted. We talked about that cancer Adams lineup, but now Serge is uh, surging. Uh, he had a 17.7 rebound, two-block game. It's been great. Uh, he is definitely the really the third-best power forward uh, in fantasy, maybe even second with how bad Love's been, and it's pretty close. Uh, even with, I mean, he's a better bargain than Love is, that's for sure. Uh, it's just crazy. Um, Adams, he wasn't out there. He's not in that that new death resurrection resuscitation lineup. <laughs> so he hasn't been great. Um, I still think he's going to be. I mean, he had a good stat line, 25 minutes, 11.7 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, and a block. You'll take that uh, for a guy really under 7,000 with the defense there. So, solid. And then Cantor's out of the mix. Uh, again, Billy Donovan has made the proper adjustment. Waiters, too, has been pretty much just solid, 10-3-3. and, three and three. But, yeah, those, those guys are, are the mix. All right, so let's hit some DFS just real quick to get out of here. Want to watch my, my Mets game? Um, got it on pause. I saw David Wright hit a homer though, is that just as I was coming on. So if you're gonna play the Wednesday Thursday slate, should be a pretty good one. Uh, prices are pretty much staying the same. Same same story. Uh, LeBron's a must play to me. Ten uh, one, you, you throw him in your lineup. Uh, point guard Westbrook's a must play and. Uh, someone will probably disagree, but I don't know about Curry anymore, man, uh, at home. Not sure you could play him in cash anymore, but uh, I still like Lowry 
And I went on a radio show with uh, Mark Malone in California talking talking lineups. It was really cool to um, – I was so flattered to have someone have me on their radio show to talk about lineups and stuff because you guys know I'm totally obsessed with it. And it was cool um, to kind of have someone pick my brain, but uh, it was awesome. But anyways, the perception on Lowry is he's better at home. And up until the weekend, he was kind of better on the road. We saw the Indiana series where he had that terrible start, and he had a couple good games in Indiana. So a little bit of a misnomer kind of situation with him. Uh, I wouldn't be too gun-shy about using him in Cleveland, especially in a tournament, because I think a lot of people feel that, oh, he's on the road, he's going to be bad. Not really the case. It's pretty much just a win-loss thing. We talked about this on the pod yesterday, where his efficiency is like 20% better. Uh, his assist-to-turnover ratio is like about one higher uh, when he in wins. So you win, you're good. Problem is, they are dogs. They are 10-point dogs tonight, so careful with Lowry. Uh, I do think he's probably the number two play. Uh, Kyrie, I think, is going to have a ton of shots, so I definitely like Kyrie. If you need to stay the 700... Uh, and then the other spot is Westbrook, period. Um, and I can't play Corey Joseph yet. Shooting guard, Robertson all day. <laughs> and I still like waiters. I think J.R. Smith's prices come down to 45. That's pretty solid. Um, I'm not really feeling DeRozan. Uh, he tends to be, uh, he's just too much for me. I'd rather play LeBron, Westbrook. Um, and if you go Lowry or Kyrie or any of those guys, maybe you can get him in there. Small forward, I am going down with Iggy till I die. Um, his minutes will not be cut. He should be good. And then LeBron, I think, is a must play. Still like Durant. Uh, and maybe you could even get Lowry and then go Robertson and go Waiters and go with a couple punts at power forward. And maybe you can get the LeBron-KD lineup in there. Uh, I, th- I think KD's kind of due, so he, he may be a nice little play. Uh, power forward, like I said, probably punt. I think Kevin Love's off the table. His prices come down. He's only 67 now, but still, give me a surge. And you guys know who else I'll be picking. Two Pat, to, like we say, take your 18 fantasy points and run. Uh, I mean, he hasn't had a big dud in a while. So, again, just take your take your 18, 19 fantasy points and use your money elsewhere. Um, Channing Fry is... a a little bit risky. His price is up. He's at 42 now, so you can't really sneak him in there around that 36, 3700 range. Uh, then center, even though Jonas Valachunas is back, uh, this is going to be pretty much dependent on Biombo. I think worst case scenario, we see Biombo with 33 minutes. We're talking about a guy playing close to 40 minutes a game. Uh, Tristan Thompson, after playing 0.3 minutes in the fourth quarter, I've kind of lost trust in him. Tyron Lue has said that he likes going small using Channing Fry and with Kevin Love too. So they may go more LeBron at the four. They may do a couple things. I mean, they played Richard Jefferson the entire fourth quarter. Dude, are you kidding me? Um, that that was a big mistake on Tyron Lue's part. Uh, yeah, so you're not using JV. Um, I, I still like Steven Adams. I mean, he's pretty cheap. Uh, relative, and he's kind of against the grain, I guess. 5,200. Obviously, Cantor is a no-go. Can't play Bogut. Can't play Festus. So you're pretty much looking at Biombo or Adams. Uh, I would give the edge to Biombo uh, at, at the, the price difference. Uh, he's he's a little bit more expensive. Uh, 5,200. 
compared to where we at here, six thousand. So, I like looking at the Lowry, Kyrie, Adams, Biombo. I probably would rather go Kyrie Biombo, but it's pretty close. Um, it's a tough call. Could go, could go both. Run a couple lineups out there. All right, so I've been talking to myself for twenty eight minutes, um, which sounds pretty crazy. But nobody would come on, man. What the hell? So we're going to get out of here on that. Uh, hopefully the Mets are winning. And hopefully we get... Can we get a close game? Well, we haven't had a close game since game one of the Western Conference Finals um, when OKC pulled that one out. I think since then it's been 15 points or more. Uh, it's, it's just been it's, you know, four great teams just beating each other on their own home courts uh, the past handful of games. It's pretty. It's cool, though. It uh, gives us a lot of a lot of adjustments, which I love to see. I, I want to see what Tyron Liu does after their defense has been bad. Uh, Kyrie, too. Kyrie's defense has not been great, so maybe Della Vadova gets in there to play on more on Lowry, and maybe they play Kyrie off. But they really can't put him under Rosen, so I mean, maybe put him on Carroll or something, but hiding Kyrie seems like a priority right now. Uh, and then um, LeBron got kind of beat up by DeRozan late. Um, DeRozan had 12 points, I think, in the fourth quarter. So some, something to watch. Uh, it's definitely it's kind of crazy. These two teams that were powerhouses a week and a half ago, unbeatable. Like, oh, yeah, my buddy's a, a Golden State fan. And he's like, oh, yeah, my my boss, he's a, he has a, a different job. And he's like, hey, my boss is going to fly us out to – Oakland to go check out game one of the finals and I was like oh you know I thought they were going to win too and now he's like oh, I don't know if we're going anymore and yeah I think that's what everyone's thinking right now it's just uh it's, it's crazy OKC is right now the, the favorite to really win it all which was not the case a week and a half ago all right, so we're out of here. Uh, if you guys have any questions or I don't know what we're going to do tomorrow, we'll probably take some mailbag stuff. So if you have any questions or want to know how I get stats or whatever or ideas for upcoming podcasts, whatever you can think of, um, hit me up, Mike S. Gallagher. And if you're listening to this on iTunes, I don't say this enough, but if you could rate, review, and all that good stuff, I would really appreciate it. Um, we're going to try to get the momentum going for, for next season, do more podcasts and all that stuff, and talking to the higher-ups at the NBC Rotor World side. And we're going to try to do more stuff next season. Uh, so we, we kind of got thrown into it this year. Where it's like, oh, here we go. Let's get a podcast going with a couple other things that happen. But hey, we'll be better next year. And I want to thank you guys for listening. And thank you for keep listening. Appreciate it. So you guys take care. Treat Dad to the good stuff at Nordstrom Rack and save big. Father's Day is Sunday, June 16th, and Nordstrom Rack's got gifts Dad will love, up to 60% off. Shirts, activewear, watches, cologne, denim, and more. Find amazing deals on Tommy Bahama, Cole Haan, Original Penguin, and Vince. Great brands, great prices. So get to your Nordstrom Rack store now and make Dad's Day with gifts up to 60% off. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.